What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian. I'll be your host for the show. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find those gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe us on whatever podcast feed you are using. But enough about the show, let's get into our next game. Memories of Azure is the game for this week's episode. Greek is a 2D action-adventure platformer. Some notable game comparisons. I'd kind of call this a cross between something like Hollow Knight and Child of Light, and also a game, an old Super Nintendo game called Lost Vikings. Release date. This was released in August of 2021 on Switch, PS4 and PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and PC, so it's on both gens for uh, the new consoles. This was developed by a team called Navagant Entertainment, and they're a small team from Mexico, so shout out to Mexico. This game was published by uh, a publisher called Team 17, which has published a lot of indie games, and they've also developed some. Some notable games that they've published are games like Blasphemous, the Overcooked series, Narita Boy and Serpent Rogue, some of those we may eventually get to on this podcast. And the game also had a physical release, uh, and that was done by a publisher called Sold Out. So they published the game physically on Switch, PS5, and Xbox One. Original MSRP, the game is $19.99. And runtime, if you're just going straight through for the story, it's supposed to be about six and a half hours, but doing a lot of the extras can put you possibly over eight. The physical releases were about $29.99, although I did see, I think it was maybe a Switch version for like $39.99, so I don't know if there was a price discrepancy there. For me, I got this on sale half off, so $9.99, and I actually just beat this game in under six hours, and I feel that I did do some of the extra things, so uh, I don't know if I just got through it uh, very quickly than a lot of other people. No one really recommended this game to me. I saw it, I've seen it on sale a bunch on uh, PlayStation and on Switch, and I thought it looked cool. It reminds me a lot of this SNES game called Lost Vikings. I think there were two games, although I've only played the first Lost Vikings, and I have it on Super Nintendo still. And it also visually reminded me a lot of a game called Child of Light, which I loved.
Alright, let's talk some gameplay. So this is primarily going to be a 2D kind of side-scrolling platformer. So there's going to be your character jumping. Uh, all of the characters, and we'll get to all the characters in a minute, have a double jump aspect, although one is a little different. So you can double jump. And there's ledge grabbing, like if you get right to the edge of a platform, they will grab it. And they also wall jump, and you can infinitely wall jump. And that's really interesting and very helpful. And the game knows this, so there will sometimes be some hazards on the sides of walls. So let's start with your main character, who is Greek. Uh, and this character is like a small little guy. And his basic move set is going to be just that, jumping and, and, and walking and ledge grabbing. And in terms of combat, he'll have this sort of quick sword swipe. This is where I see a lot of comparison with Hollow Knight because the swipe is very similar and the range is very similar of that attack. And so he has that melee attack, and he also has a little crossbow. And if you hold a button to aim, you can actually move the cursor to uh, shoot arrows, which is cool. It has some versatility. Arrows are collectible, and they are consumable. So once you use them, I think you might actually have a second, and you can go pick it up. Uh, but there, I'm pretty sure there's no limit to how many you can have. But there is no reset of them, like if you rest or anything like that or hit a save point, so you may have to buy some or just collect some, uh, and you will find some. He also has a dodge roll, which you can roll through enemies to the other side. I found this character and its combat to be very satisfying, like just hitting a couple quick swipes, and then right when an enemy goes to attack you, you dodge and hit him. Uh, I found this to be very useful and fun, actually. As you are traversing, you'll be killing enemies and also breaking boxes in the scenery. And doing both of these can get you gems, which are currency, and can get you arrows. The gems are the currency that's used to buy items at stores or buy some upgrades. And there are uh, some upgrades that you can buy and some that you won't. Also, as you're traversing, you're going to be foraging items. Some of these are consumables. And some of these cannot be consumed but have to be cooked. And so there is cooking in this game. And you will find as you're walking through some of these areas, there will be pots with fires under them that you can put three items in. And you can put items that can only be consumed after cooking. Or you can put some in that are just foraged and also have con or healing properties. So you can kind of mix and match. And you'll get different items, different cooked things. Uh, I wish there was some kind of recipe book so you would be able to remember how you're making certain things. But that leads to talking about the inventory. So your character and each character will have a three-spot inventory. Now, this inventory can be upgraded for some of the characters. And so anytime you're foraging things or anytime you buy anything, it's going to fit in that inventory. Uh, except for quest items, they don't count. You'll see, actually see extra spots pop up in your inventory for those quest items. And items do stack in your inventory. Most of them can fit three as the max. And if you have an issue, like with your inventory, you don't have enough spaces, or you're trying to cook things, you're trying to move things around and pick up foraged items, you can actually drop things on the ground, and they'll stay there as long as you don't leave the map area. I will say overall there's an abundance of items, especially with foraging. They do regen. I don't know if it's if you leave an area and come back or if it's like a time thing. But you do have a small inventory. And so it is encouraging you to use items. And that's okay. I like that, especially in a short game. Use your items. Don't get attached to things. So a lot of them are going to be for healing. But some of them will also be temporary attack boosts. 
Like there's one item you can consume for melee attacks, and then there's another for uh, sort of magical attacks. The healing items are interesting though, because when you consume a healing item, it's not always immediate that you get the hit points. I think it leaves like maybe like a two to three second cooldown for you to actually consume and digest the item. So if you're in a boss fight or you're about to get hit and you pull up the inventory because it does kind of slow down combat or, or whatever, and you hit an item to con consume and you think it's going to instantly you know, give you back hit points so as you're going to get hit, you'll be fine. I've died many times where I consumed an item and before it gave me the hit points, I got hit and I died. So just be aware of that. But if you do go down to zero life points, you will die and return to your last save point. And so let's talk about save points. So there are save points scattered throughout. Um, maybe like sometimes three or four on one map area. And it's not autosave, so you do have to go up and save. It only takes a second. There are also fast travel points. I didn't really use these a lot. I found that they were in places that were, you know, kind of not where I needed to go back to. In general, this isn't really that big of a game. So on the menu, when you hit the menu, you will see the map. And the map is going to show you different areas. And they're not really that descriptive visually. Um, they're not like a Metroidvania map. It's not like boxes. It's kind of like this drawing of the area. And it will show you the traversal that's possible between some of the areas and sort of a rough sketch of what points in the area look like. So it is helpful in that in that sense. I will say that I didn't find this to be that big of an issue, that it's not like a real detailed or straightforward map. Your quests will be in your menu, and so there are main quests and side quests. It doesn't really differentiate between them, but most of the quests, even the main, are a bit fetchy. It's kind of like go collect these items or go kill these things, um, but I think it's still kind of useful because it's getting used to moving through areas, and I do find the quests really helpful and descriptive in terms of like where you have to go. I don't feel like you're ever wondering like where do I go or where am I supposed to find this. And also you'll see your artifacts or relics that you've collected. And these are sort of quest items or, or special items that have descriptions about either the characters or, or the society or, or whatnot. And a lot of these are actually linked to upgrades to your specific characters. For those characters, let's get into this. There are three characters in this game that you can control at the same time or separately. And the game is timed pretty evenly. I would say the first third of the game, you just have the one character. And then the second third of the game, you will get the second character and have to work with the two of them. And then the last third of the game, you will have all three and you have to work with all three of them. This is interesting. And this is where the comparison to Lost Vikings comes into play because Lost Vikings is kind of like a platform puzzle game where you have three separate characters and you're constantly switching between them because they have different special abilities or specifics that they can or can't do. But there are a lot of similarities here because you have these three characters and they have different strengths and different weaknesses that play out. The control is interesting because there are a lot of buttons here to do different things. You can hit a button and if the other two characters are close to you, they will mimic the same movement that you're doing mainly just movement and jump. You can also unclick that and control one character and you can switch between the three characters if you need to move them individually. And there's also a button where if you hold it, it's kind of like there's this gravitational pull. And if you jump, 
the other characters will jump to the spot that you're on, but only if you jump. It's a little strange. There are a lot of frustrations with this, with syncing things up, especially if you're all if you're trying to jump all three characters at once. I appreciate what they're trying to do in terms of like, okay, I need to move all three characters. Let me move them all at the same time. But you have to get them exactly on the same spot. Like if you're jumping, there are some uh, like mushrooms that act as trampolines. And so you need to get them all in the same spot so that when you jump, one of them isn't left behind. Because if you're controlling all three of them at the same time and you're pressing jump, they're all going to jump at the same time. And if they're all not together, that might mean different things. So they might be jumping and fall into some water or something like that. Um, this also comes up with ledge grabbing. Like sometimes uh, the third character, if they're like an inch behind the other two, they won't grab the ledge and then so they'll fall. And then so you'll have to like switch that one character and jump up on their own. So it can get a little, I wouldn't say buggy. It just, it has some real meticulous, just minor frustrations. And one of the major ones was going through doors. So when you get to a door, sometimes you can go into an area or into a small room. And if all the characters aren't on the same spot, you will leave one behind in the other room. And sometimes I didn't even notice until I was like halfway into another area. And I was like, where's this third character? And I switched them and they're in this other room. Just be aware of that. It's a little frustrating. I'm a little confused about the intent of this. I think there's meant to be some versatility, but I don't know how much time you should be spending with them synced and all doing things together or separating them, especially when it comes to combat. Now, here's where there's some other minor issues. So there are three different characters, and I talked about the first one. He's sort of like small and quick, and he can dodge through enemies and do quick melee attacks. And then the other two, you, the second one you get is this girl who has magic projectiles, and she does her double jump differently. If you hit jump and then hit it again, she'll actually glide. And she has a magic meter, where if it runs out, she can't glide anymore, and also she can't uh, shoot her magic projectiles anymore. So that you might have to give that time to sort of recharge there. And then you have a third guy who's sort of a, a bigger, older guy, and he has sort of the bigger sword, and he also has a shield, so he can block things, projectiles, and, and sort of hazards. When it comes to hitting minor enemies, sometimes I found it useful to just have them all standing together and just attack. Um, and you can kind of blitz enemies and kill them very quickly, which is nice. But when it comes to bosses and tougher enemies, it can get a little tricky. Towards the end of the game, I started to get the hang of trying it different ways where I would kind of control one of the characters and then leave the other two in specific spots. When you're not controlling the other characters, they do auto attack, but only if something is like right next to it or within range. And so that can be a little frustrating, but I did find that like if I was fighting a boss, what I would do is, like, if something happened where the boss was stunned for a second, I'd switch to, like, the big guy with the sword and then, like, run him over to the boss and then switch to another character. And while I was hitting him with the other character, uh, the big guy was just slashing away because he was right next to him. So that works in very specific contexts, but for the most part, if you're leaving these characters alone, they're kind of defenseless. And so if things get shot at them, they just get hit, and that can be annoying. And so you have to balance working with them together maybe running them out of the way or leaving them to kind of be there uh, if an enemy comes close and then they hit automatically. You do also have to pay attention to their health because if any one of them has their health go to zero, then you lose and it's and you die and you go back to a save point. 
in terms of just general things for like a wish list, what I wish was better, maybe for like a sequel, I just wish the the individual characters had sort of better AI in combat when I'm not controlling them. So they weren't just like sitting ducks. I would also really like it if there was some kind of combo attack, like if you use two of them or use three of them at the same time, they could do some cool combo attack. This reminds me of like I Am Setsuna, which is a JRPG that was released a while back. And there would be three characters, and if you did a combo attack with two of them, there were a couple moves you could do. And I know it's a little different because I Am Setsuna was like a turn-based role-playing game, but I feel like there there could be some uh, some aspect of combo attacks here. In terms of accessibility, you can remap every button. And I found this very useful because of the way that I play with my hands and what I wanted to do, like if it's the button to bring them all together or the button to pull up the inventory. Um, There's a lot of versatility here, so I really appreciated that. There's no difficulty options, so I would save often because I did die quite a bit, whether it's from enemies or whether it's from certain puzzles. I didn't think it was that difficult, but I did die Uh, quite a few times puzzles so I think this is where the game really shines there is some minor repetition but it's not that much as you get to certain areas when you get certain characters they will introduce sort of new things and and it will make it fresh I didn't find any of these puzzles overly frustrating sometimes there's multiple ways to solve them so I wasn't like sitting there for 20 minutes trying to figure out how to get through this And I think it works because of the different characters and their different strengths and weaknesses, and it shows off what some of them can do. Some of these include, like, pressing a button, which opens a door, and then you have another character go and press the button on the other side. Sometimes there's cranks for that, for doors and for elevators. Sometimes there are, like, seesaw, like, trampoline things where you're shooting one character up. Towards the middle of the game, there was, like, this torch puzzle where you had to pick up a torch and, like, walk it and make sure it didn't go out to light another fire. Very Zelda, in my opinion, there. Upgrades. So there are upgrades that you can get for your characters. Some of these can be bought, like I said, the inventory slots. Some of these can be found, and some of them are intertwined with quests. The ones that you come across for your health, these are interesting because I think they're character specific. And they're kind of like these individual trials. Like you'll see an area that only one character can get to. And you'll go into a door and there's like these this ancient trial where they have to complete it. You have to like hit all of the things before the time runs out. It's actually really cool. That is also very Zelda, I feel. Some of these you're going to be getting special abilities, whether it's like a relic that'll give you a special ability. Or you'll actually find for the first character some different moves that he can do with the sword. I like the variety of obtaining them. It's not all just like do this one thing or do a shrine and get an upgrade it's it's different ways of doing it and some of these are optional i think i didn't find one of the health upgrades for one of the characters and i'm fine with that in terms of enemies there's not a ton of variety with these enemies but the game is short most of the enemies are going to be sort of these like slimy guys that come up some of the more challenging ones that are like almost like human characters i did enjoy those fights especially with that first character being able to hit and and dodge through and, and stuff Some of the bosses were pretty challenging, learning how to strategize, whether to have all three characters together or two characters together. I didn't die too much to bosses, but by the end, I felt pretty cool about like how I was leaving characters or moving them. Um, And I think there's a lot more to switching between characters and it can be fast paced if you do it like that. And I like that.
All right, let's talk about the vibe of Greek. Visually, this game is really colorful and really crisp. The outline of the characters, there's a lot of hand-drawn art here. And this is what really reminds me of Child of Light. It's kind of this whimsical, colorful, and also Hollow Knight, like the crispness of the characters in Hollow Knight, although not certainly not as dark as Hollow Knight is visually. Uh, the maps are nice. I like the hand-drawn maps and some of the detail there. The menus are nice. The character models I like, they're these like little pale guys with only eyes. The whole thing is very storybook, which is also Child of Light. Very kind of storybook, not necessarily cutesy, but like kind of innocent and wholesome. Uh, the environments are very beautiful, a lot of color, a lot of variation with the environments. There's some that are like dusty and some that are kind of dank and, and dark. Sometimes there can be some background or foreground confusion. It's really minor, but like if there's a box there to break, there's a lot of barrels that are in the background and sometimes I thought they were there. And, and the enemies, they're mostly drab colored, like a gray kind of faded which is fine. I understand that because the differentiation is that your main characters are sort of like pale and glowing. Music. So the music in this game is beautiful. I love it. I know I say that about every game, but that's what I find. I find games with good music. Uh, really beautiful. A lot of adventurous, you know, sort of get out there, see the world tracks, but also whimsical and mystical. In terms of sound effects, uh, sometimes it'll be raining uh, and they convey that audibly very nicely. NPCs sometimes will be muttering or crying, but it'll come up with a proximity base. And same with the enemies. Some of them kind of make some noises, whether it's like some slushing or some of them might be muttering as well. When your characters fall from a far landing, they'll make this thump. And at times it was getting a bit much because anytime you double jump, when you fall, you thump and it also vibrates the controller. I felt that it was a little bit much, but I'm being really nitpicky here. In terms of the lore and the text, uh, there's a good amount that I didn't find because a lot of it is on the relics or the artifacts and I didn't find all of them. But there's a good amount of info about this story, about this place, Azure, the, this sort of race of people. And sometimes you'll come across books in like a library or on a bookcase, or sometimes a book will be open on a stand and it's a real info dump. Sometimes I, I didn't really want to read it. And just some small quality of life things. Sometimes if you start it and you'll read a book and you have to read the whole thing, uh, you can't just like walk away or cancel out. Another small annoying thing, again, me just being meticulous, uh, the way the text box fill up, the box expands as the text keeps going, and then it'll jump to another line, and it just makes it kind of visually annoying because you can't read it while it's going. Like It's like you're trying to read a moving target. I wish the box would just be the max size that it's going to be, and then the text would just fill in. Um, in terms of the characters, there's some wholesomeness here. It, you know, They're very cute. They're family-oriented. They're all related, the three characters. They are individuals, and they do have unique dialogue. This is another thing I like in terms of the characters, but I don't like in terms of gameplay and like inventory, because if you want one character to buy a certain item, you have to switch to them. And so it's like constantly switching between characters and talking to the same thing and it can get a little uh, a little annoying but the cutscenes there's also cutscenes and this is they're they're kind of cartoonish i uh, would like this frosty filter but it really contributes to this sort of wholesome uh, vibe that they have going on there
right, let's wrap up the conversation about Greek memories of Azure. I found this to be an enjoyable experience. It's a cute little story with these characters. This game is certainly not perfect. I think that it tries to do and be a lot, maybe too much. There are some things that I think they could have done without, like whether it's the cooking or, or anything like that, and sort of focused on other things like the combat and, and really made it even more so unique. The puzzling is really good. Again, a lot of Lost Vikings and Zelda DNA there that I really enjoy. The quests are simple. The maps are not too big. Nothing is overwhelming. You're never really getting confused in this game. I think that's very beneficial. I, I hate when things are kind of left open and you don't know where to go. Again, I do have sort of a wish list if they were to make a sequel, and I think they might, or at least you know, after beating the game, I think it is kind of open-ended that way. Better AI with the combat, maybe a, an auto-movement system if you're not controlling a character, or at least a way for them to better defend themselves. Combo attacks, I feel like this could be really cool. And combining the inventory, I just think it's, it's better, and it makes for less going in and out of changing characters and going to menus. This is a solid $10 experience. I, again, that's what I paid for it. I don't know if I paid much more than that, but I really enjoyed it. Again, that storybook vibe. I think it's worth 10 bucks uh, to check this out visually, audibly. It's a pretty good game. All right, that's going to wrap up our episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.